welcome to the Domeski Wallace Report. I'm your host, Paul Wilcox. <laughs> and apparently I'm your other host, Tony Huff. We have with us four galactic guests, Charlie Wallace. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Adam Gobeski. Hey there. Doug Gobeski. Great to be here. And Otto. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, that, I don't think that quite came through. Can you can you say that again, Otto? <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, today we're reviewing our 46th edition of the Merry Movie Marvel March. Uh, it's the August 2014 uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie March. Nope, nope. This is my this nope. Is, shut, up. Is, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up. <laughs> This is my podcast. <laughs> you have the words. <laughs> Move them around. <laughs> uh, yes, it was August 2014. I believe so. Oh wow! Yeah, that was that was a good year. Wasn't well, it was it? just yesterday or something. Yeah. Oh, this is where we we do the this, whole. This is where we talk about what the movie is. Guardians of the Galaxy is the story of one star, Dennis Lord, um, who is um, the heir to the Infinity Mansion. Um, that's it, actually. That's the whole <laughs> story. Um, are, are there other Charlie, characters? as our distinguished guest, do you want to give us the, the summary of the movie in uh, three <laughs> sentences? Oh, sh- sure. Um, so Chris Pratt plays Star-Lord, a child who is abducted uh, right after his mother dies by um, a band of roving aliens. And he meets up with several other interesting characters in space and has to... Uh, Retrieve and then protect the uh, an Infinity Stone from Ronan, a genocidal being who wants to destroy an entire planet. But it's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, that was it's good, st- but I'm not convinced that Chris Pratt was playing a child. I also didn't think that uh, the Ravagers killed his mother. I think cancer killed. It was a different type of Ravager. Oh. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of Ravengers, uh, I still have these chips. Ravengers? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this is the segment, uh, Chip In with Charlie. I don't know why it's named after a guest, but that's okay. I guess, I guess he wasn't participating. Like you're on, you're on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Adam, what do you have over there? I have Lay's Kettle Cooked New York Style Pizza Flavored. Inspired by Grimaldi's Coal Brick Oven Pizzeria in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there before. Uh, I haven't been there, but I've been to the Arizona ones. So. Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about just Brooklyn. I've been to Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Well, did you have pizza there? Great job. No, I did not. I just I, I just uh, really enjoy uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> anyway, Lace has a. Uh, Four new flavors of limited edition flavored chips out. Charlie's going to tell us about the other three in a future episode. Yeah. Uh, they're all meat flavored. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could probably yeah, eat all of them Nash- at the same time. Nashville hot chicken, Philly cheese steak, and wavy orange, or no, wavy carnitas street taco. Ugh. You know, that's the future of meat, is meat flavored potato. Yeah, so that's why I'm eating. The one that's not meat flavored. Yeah, a decade ago, we definitely learned that the future is not 
meat-flavored corn. So, open up the bag. Remember the chip the Doritos. Oh, Doritos, t- Ooh, Locos God, Tacos flavored Doritos. No, one one's like cheeseburgers at midnight flavored yeah, Doritos. Oh. Where it tasted like meat. Where I was like, I don't really want this. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that smells fine. When I opened up the bag, they uh, they look like yeah, potato chips. I don't know what it is about pizza flavored potato chips, where they always show up as like limited edition, but they never stick around. It's like they're, people are enticed by the idea of pizza, but they don't want to buy it in a chip. Anyway. Combos has the market on pizza-flavored yeah. crackers. The, the Keebler company learned years ago. Pringles um, has the pizza flavor. I think that's a mainstay for them. Oh yeah. yeah, that is. Yeah, it's, it's not only bad. Pringles worth eating. It's not bad. It's a little salty, actually. Like There's a lot of salt. I don't remember Grimaldi's pizza tasting so salty. I guess salt is the second ingredient in the seasoning after maltodextrin. Then there's also salt in the mozzarella cheese. There's salt in the cheddar cheese. There's salt in the Parmesan cheese. Anyway, I usually like the pizza. conspiracy from Big Water. Yeah, I I, I generally like the pizza flavors of chips, but not so much these. Is it an assault on your taste buds? Mm. No, it's more like a minor incursion. So, anyway, that's chipping for Charlie. Chipping on Charlie's behalf. No, oh, thank nice. you. Wait, Otto, you wanted to say something? Oh, oh, okay. Well, what was it? Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Very, very uh, insightful there, Otto. Well, well, Paul, uh, I thought this was a good movie. What did how uh, what did you think? Uh, what did you think of the movie? Um, <laughs> I liked it. Uh, All right. Yeah. So this is the nope. time in the podcast where we rate it. I tell you <laughs> when I first saw it and then that's it. Um, OK, <laughs> so no, I actually, first saw this movie. Actually, Paul, uh, we're running out of time, um, so I think we just have to go straight oh. to the uh, the ratings. Uh, what? How many killing arrows would you rate this? Um, what's a killing arrow? <laughs> uh, we haven't uh, talked about it. I don't know what it is. It. We don't. Um, we don't have time. We don't have any more time. <laughs> Got to rate it. And um, uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Right, why, don't you, why don't you start over? We'll just cut everything it's that we just co co-hosting. Yeah, you, you just know. why don't here? How about this? Why don't you just host? I've, okay. Um, hello and welcome to uh, the Gobeski Wallace Report. Uh, here's your host, Paul Wilcox. Hey everybody! <laughs> um, just have an announcement. So, had you seen this movie before? Guardians of the Galaxy. That is. Um, I can tell you when I first saw it. It was August of 2014, and I was living in North Dakota at the time. And someone said, oh, we're going to go see that new movie out in Minot, about a 90-minute drive. Adam's so really did. going to town on those chips. Really? <laughs> They're uh, kettle cooked. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe move away from the, the, the microphone. I did. Use the mute button. <laughs> yeah. Otto, can you please 
mute yeah, Adam. Adam, what do you what do you think? <laughs> nice. That actually made sense to me. So you saw it in uh, North North Carolina, right, Paul? Uh, Dakota. Oh, the Dakotas, a little farther yeah. away than Carolina. Mm, depends on where you are. <laughs> and, and where were you? <laughs> the podcasts have no boundaries. There are places on Earth that are equidistant from both places. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's kind of fun. Um, oh, that's fun to think about, actually. Yeah. But I, dr- I drove to Minot a lot made the 90 minute drive to watch a lot of movies by myself that year and uh is that when you was would nice to have a good one to to come you know because i would just go see whatever the best thing that was out that weekend was can i interrupt briefly sure the internet has told me that sutton illinois marks the halfway point between north carolina and north dakota huh hmm. so thanks internet I, you know what i think someday uh, we should do a podcast in sutton illinois it's your podcast, I guess. We would have to do that if you requested it. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready to formally request things yet. I'm I'm up for the idea, hmm. or we pick a different different set of points and a different halfway point. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to choose just the closest halfway point. There's an entire ring around the planet of halfway points. Yeah. Is that true? I assume. There's like an entire uh, spheroid of midway points. Because of the borders, it would get a little bit weird, I think, directly in between them. Like, it would get a little bit, like, jagged in that location, but... Well, I mean, I assume we would be podcasting from a hot air balloon. Oh, well, I I see what you're saying. I I didn't even think about a hot air balloon. That'd be that'd be wild. It's a good hook for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hot air with uh, Paul and Tony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's argue loudly in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> it just you just hear it go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What oh do you yeah, think? will you? <laughs> I don't. What do you think about uh, the hot air podcast? <laughs> I think he just like farted it. into the mic. <laughs> yeah. Did not like it. But you liked the movie, Paul. You liked uh, The Guardians of uh, the Galaxy. You're really looking for an early opinion here. <laughs> he won't do it. He refuses. <laughs> Only neutral well, statements from uh, here on actually, out. Yes, I did. I, I, I did like it. It was probably, it was definitely the best movie I saw that summer. Had you seen it since? I think I have seen it maybe one time since. Hmm. Yeah, a few years ago. And I liked it then as well. Uh, Tony, had you seen this before? Yeah. Guardians actually, of the Galaxy. Yes, I did. I have and did and uh, continue. No, I I remember at work specifically. So like uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, have you seen this movie? I was like, no, 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 I haven't. He actually gave me the movie. Uh, I didn't watch it. I think I ended up stealing the DVD uh, <laughs> and still have it. Uh, and I never watched it until one of my friends, we were just like, he like was so appalled. I haven't seen it. So he literally sat me down, watched it and I loved it. And then I think 
just like in my spare time, I've watched it like four times since. I think this is my sixth, like seriously, like my sixth time watching the movie. It is far and away my favorite uh, Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. So he he was like was giving you a piggyback ride when he asked you this, and then he when, sat you down. Yeah, he sat me down and said, uh, "You got to watch it." And and actually, I think this is. Wait, was I, he talking about the movie or things you were doing on the piggyback ride? You got to watch it. you know in hindsight i guess it could have gone either way but we did end up watching the movie so i I think that it worked for everything a happy accident it was a happy accident yeah um and then he later dumped me so it so it was good it's all happy memories all around (laughs) happy memories all around so thank you for uh, bringing that up paul uh, when i didn't bring it up really but uh, <laughs> that's you know I'm, I'm just picturing this as a my work here is done <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i will say though that i think this movie is what kind of got me into watching marvel movies like the the mcu rather like and oh you mean howard the duck didn't get you hooked for life no it did not I think I think Blade Two got me hooked on doing this podcast. Really? <laughs> Never would yeah. have thought, but that's good. Are you gonna ask anyone else if they've seen it? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Otto, did you see this before? All right. Riveting tale. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doug, had you seen uh, this movie before? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Uh, I saw it in theaters back in uh, August of 2014. I've seen it a couple times since then. I remember I saw it at Christmas some year. I assume that it was 2014. And uh, it's a great movie. I feel like every time I watch it, I, I pick up uh, just a few more jokes that I didn't notice previous times. Yeah, nice. Brianne noticed one while we watched it this most recent time, which is that when they're doing the like the run through of all the their criminal records, that Peter Quill is listed in the Xandarian database as Space Lord. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> he's Star Lord, right? But no one seems to know who he is. So right, <laughs> there's worse ways to be uh, mislorded, like Edge Lord. <laughs> Charlie, had you seen this before? I saw it back in August 2014 on opening weekend. And I remember being really excited and enjoying it a lot. And I think pretty soon after I recorded a podcast about it. So that's one reason why I didn't think that I should record a podcast about it this time. Is that it's already in oh, the books. What podcast was that? Uh, it's lost to time, really. But I remember Doug was on it and Adam was on it, too. So It's episode 49. Nice. But but yeah, I uh, listened to that episode, and Adam, if you didn't remember, it's the infamous Chris Claremont episode, which I mightily enjoyed. Yeah, I listened to it, too. <laughs> I mean, I listened to it at one and a half speed, but... Oh, so Chris Claremont might have been an actual, uh, the correct pitch, if you listened to it quickly. Yeah, my favorite part was Wait, that apparently I was... Wait, is that why you always say Chris Claremont? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I was always wondering why you did that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they're making like, fun of me. About the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how concerned I was at the time with making it factual rather than just <laughs> letting the blog take care of it. Yeah, now I just cut stuff. <laughs> now we don't even try to make it entertaining. Yeah. Well, not that we ever did, but let alone factual. So to answer your question, yes, I'd seen this before as well. Oh, nice. Um, saw it when it came out in theaters because, as we discussed in the first episode, basically uh, I was a big fan of the comic book, and so I was super excited that they were making a movie. I was surprised they were making a movie, but I was still excited, and it was everything I wanted. And so I've seen it a whole bunch of times since then. To the point where I believe this is the only Marvel movie that I've actually listened to the commentary track for. I don't remember anything from the commentary track because I listened to it, you know, December 2014. You weren't just uh, watching it just now? No. Commentary on. (laughs) I've thought about it sometimes, but no. So just so that everyone's on the same page, the episode 49 Guardians podcast talked primarily about... Uh, the relationship between the movie and the comic books that it was inspired by. So the very, very brief recap is that uh, this movie is based on a comic book from the mid 2000s, which basically took a bunch of uh, lesser known cosmic characters and put them in a book together. And it was named after a team that was already a thing, but it's not the same team. The comic was relatively fun and irreverent in tone. So the movie's, Generally does a decent job of matching that and sometimes surpassing it. So Hey now. Oh, so like the hey now, Yandu Udanta is from the original comic book. So Yeah, I know. We discussed that in the previous episode. I was trying to gloss through it. Basically, if you want more in-depth knowledge as to the comic books and you want to hear it from us, go listen to episode 49. Also, if you want to hear me say Chris Claremont. <laughs> listen to episode 49 and if you don't want to listen to me uh go to episode 49 actually they have lots of options I, if they don't want to listen to you <laughs> I, I feel like we're talking up episode 49 quite a bit when we should be giving the people something to listen to right now i think this is a big part of of this is the cross self-promotion yeah we gotta tie the storied history of the podcast together um, for the new listeners. So you? Yeah. Hey, Charlie. Yes. I know you're a guest on this podcast, but maybe you should keep us on track a bit. <laughs> uh, maybe a good place to start would be to talk about, I mean, since we've all seen it before, was there anything in particular that struck you differently on this watch than previous watches? Is you have either your opinion of the movie changed or has, I don't know, something interesting you saw or the way that you viewed the movie differently? Or does it feel the same to you as the first time you saw it? I think I think the first time I saw it, I walked away like very entertained and thought it was very funny. I really liked the action. And as I've watched it every like time after, I think I really enjoy that they take time to like develop the characters and you actually like start caring about them throughout the movie. It doesn't seem rushed in their delivery of like like kind of developing these characters. Yeah, I, no. I would agree. I, I feel like yeah. for being all new characters to the viewer, it's like you get a sense of the characters like really fast without it seeming artificial. Like you really, you really like them immediately. I guess the thing that 
it's more that now with the benefit of hindsight, like having seen a bunch more Marvel movies, um, the thing that sort of strikes me is just how well balanced this movie is in that the action and the character and the funnier bits and stuff all feel pretty like it never tips one too far one way or the other at any moment, if that makes sense. Right. Like, like it never takes you out of it. We're just like, oh, I think the one time it took me out of it was when he starts dancing in front of Ronan at the end there. That's like the only time where I was like, this seems kind of cheesy. But then it kind of they bring it back. I think Lee Pace does a really good job of like really being in the moment and just like, what is actually going on? You know what I mean? Like it. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this is kind of stupid. But I, I don't think I felt like that. But that was the only time I could think of something that felt maybe a little like pushed or artificial. Also, sidebar to that, my favorite MCU outtake is in the Avengers when Mark Ruffalo, when they're confronting everything and he says, you guys are on your own and runs off the back of the set. That's my favorite. But my second favorite's from this movie where Chris Pratt challenges him to the dance off. And then so Lee Pace starts doing a dance like he starts oh. doing the dance off with him. And then they start <laughs> throwing it to other people. And eventually, like, all the extras in the background are also dancing. Oh, really? <laughs> That's pretty I might, I might have to watch that. I think this viewing, I was being a little bit more critical of it. Not, like, trying to find fault necessarily. But, okay, well, okay, what's this movie about? Like, is it about anything beyond just, like, oh, we're just going to have an entertaining time? Looking at it more like, oh, this is a movie about friendship. Whereas, you know, we'll get to the second movie, and that's a movie about family. These characters are better off together. All the good characters are better off because they're doing things as a team. Comes up a lot. I mean, especially at the end when they're trying to grab the Infinity Stone. But in other points, too, like all the Zendarians like have to build this shield together and like all the plans they have to have <laughs> as a team. Well, they do. Right. He's right. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, I just thought he was going to say that's why I don't like it. Well, it's <laughs> a shield. shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to give this movie <laughs> zero, zero out of ten, even though I really liked it, because <laughs> that's the biggest shield so far. It has the Actually, it's not shield of all the movies. <laughs> it's not. Remember Men in Black three? Was it <laughs> cover the entire planet? <laughs> oh, okay. But there was only one shield oh. there. They didn't have like a oh, spaceship like... shield here. And Groot makes his own shield. Oh yeah, yeah I forgot about Groot. There's, there's guys on the kiln that have riot sh- gear shields. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the spaceship is kind of a shield in and of itself. Right? Yeah, the shield count is high. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess one of the other things that struck me about this watch is with the benefit of hindsight, knowing what the deal is with all the Infinity Stones makes it a little clear where that plot line's going and then yes. the Thanos stuff. Yeah. Is this the first introduction of the the stones or no, we've seen that before, right? For sure. I think this is the f- Is this where we we realize that these are all infinity stones and cuz they've been called like the Borg like the Borg. I don't is that what it is? I don't know. Like different things I feel. The Borg? I don't know. <laughs> it's something like that. The stones? There's a tesseract, the and then there was the, the tesseract. Yeah, that's what it is. Ether? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The yeah, like they've been called different things, but is this the first time we realize, like, hey, like these are infinity stones? They 
might have mentioned it in Thor The Dark World. I have a very vague memory of going, oh, hey, that's what they're talking about. But I think this is at least the first really explicit um, discussion where, yeah. where Benicio Del Toro says, here's the deal with these things. Yeah, there's hints like in Thor, like yeah, Anthony Hopkins saying like, oh, these are powerful things that are mostly stones. And then also at the yeah, end of that, I think the collector the, gets the credit yeah. scene. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, I remember the collector hitting. So, but yeah, it knowing where that storyline is going, it makes it a little more. I don't know if satisfying is the right word, but maybe just a little clearer where where that particular story thread is going to progress. Maybe. Yeah, it feels a little bit less like wait, what's the MacGuffin going on here, <laughs> and more like okay, this, yeah. I see how this ties in. Although I think they do a reasonable job of using the MacGuffin in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't find it a problem the first time around. But is this the space stone? I thought this was the power stone. Is it? I I can never remember which stone. Yeah, no, they keep changing the colors and stuff, uh, particularly in the comics. Um, uh, Wikipedia says it's the power stone here, right? Yes. Really makes uh, me want to play some power stone on. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought they did a reasonable job of like making it clear in this movie, at least, what the power stone is and why it matters and why they need to stop Ronan from playing with it. I like the celestial in uh, Benicio del Toro's little video exposition. Yeah. They got, actually got to see a celestial in action killing just a whole planet full of people. Yeah. That tall dude with like the six eyes or eye like things oh, on yeah. his helmet. Yeah. The thing which really struck me on this viewing was just how much CGI there was. Like you get the impression that given how it's all, set in space most most of the movie is set in space and thus location filming is a bit difficult so as a as a result they just have to you know cgi a lot of the stuff and it felt like they actually you know hired some people with creativity to do it i think just the state of the art had progressed enough by this point so that even though it's pervasive i mean consider for instance rocket and groot you know, they're just pure CGI, but you're not put off by it. At most, you're like, hey, that's a really cool spaceship. And I think that's basically new for the Marvel movies at this point. I mean, I think it helps that they had people on set acting out uh, Rocket and uh, Groot and stuff. Like, um, Were they Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel or were they no, uh, um, stand-ins? I don't remember who Groot is. I know Rocket is uh, Sean Gunn, who is also one of the Ravagers. Oh, I, yeah, I thought I saw him in the credits. I was like, huh. Yeah. So I think having that as sort of like a baseline for the animators to work with and stuff probably really helped, too. But I completely agree with your point, Doug, because I definitely noticed this time around, like the first scene with Rocket, I was like, oh, OK, it's a little CGE. And then I quickly just didn't care because that's how like well done I thought it was feel like uh, this is one of those times we come back to talking about the effects and it seems like lately they've they're, it's just like yeah they're highly effective but it's like so effective in this movie that you don't even know I feel like I didn't even notice or think about them at all yeah just one other thing I think that helps is that Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel actually do a really good job with the voice work obviously Bradley Cooper's you know well done but he gets the advantage of having lines to work with but the thing I thought was interesting um, that I learned was that Vin Diesel apparently talked to James Gunn and worked out what 
each I am Groot was meant to convey so that he knew how to say the lines. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Like he wasn't just phoning it in. Like that's how much Vin Diesel, because it turns out P.S. Vin Diesel is like a massive nerd. Um, that's how much he was like invested in it and cared about it. Nice. Yeah, Vin Diesel seems pretty passionate about the things that he's in. This is no exception. I I remember the first time around watching this too, and like saying, "Oh, I couldn't really tell it was Vin Diesel," but there was one specific moment where he was killing all of those soldiers. Where instead of saying "I am Groot," he's just yelling, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Vin Diesel." <laughs> I know a Vin Diesel scream. It's like a Nick Cage, you can't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I remember thinking this the first time too, and also in this watching with the way that Chris Pratt acts and just his character, you just think every time that he's going to get into a fight, it's going to be some weird like Three Stooges nonsense where he blunders through it, and then I just, and then every time you're like, oh yeah, no, he's he's pretty badass in this. He actually knows what he's doing, and that always kind of surprises me, even after you've seen him fight a couple of times and you see him fight at the end of the movie, you're like, oh yeah, no, he's still knows his way around a gun. Was this like the beginning of of Chris Pratt, like yes, being a big star? Yeah, like I feel been... like I remember seeing this and being like, "Oh, the guy plays like a really goofy guy on yeah. Parks and Rec." <laughs> yeah, like we watching Parks and Rec going through season six, I think it is, where you can tell he's been cast right because he goes away to England for a couple episodes and comes back and he's like super ripped, or <laughs> and he's just like, "I stopped drinking beer." Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember that. That was a secret to wait. Yeah, but that yeah, this is like the beginning of like action star Chris Pratt. I think I I think that's why I like this movie though a lot is that the acting is really good. Like even um, Yandu Michael Rooker, I think he was like really good as like this like bad guy, but also ha- like good guy kind of person. And I, I just I, I really enjoyed watching like all the choices that the, the actors made you know throughout the film and i don't think that anybody really made a bad decision to, to like where to take their character everyone did so well that i just it's one of those like movies where like i didn't notice the acting i guess because <laughs> it's like right, oh they just are those characters yeah yeah i just you get you're it's easy to get swept up in it and then you realize oh that's because everyone is like really selling their character for a story about friendship, I feel like the the chemistry among all of the actors was, you know, quite evident, and I, I think that it helped that it was kind of a, a a funnier film as well, or it had moments where you know they could be silly or funny, and it, it wouldn't necessarily like derail the movie. You know, it wasn't supposed to take like a super serious tone. So I, I just I, I feel like you could kind of tell like everyone just kind of clicked. I also really like enjoy like seeing some of the smaller roles getting filled by like actors i like like john c Riley shows up peter serafinovich shows up alexis denisoff is in it even john c Riley, who is just like a goofball actually can do like a very convincing like when he needs to do a dramatic or you know a very serious moment he can still pull that off you know when i I think it's glenn close asks asks like do you trust star lord there's like this hesitation and he's just like, yeah. And you just, you feel like he actually does trust and it's not silly. And it's not, it's like an actual serious moment. I think that's why I like John C. Riley Cause I, I feel like he can pull those moments off really well. Yeah. I'd agree. The only thing that felt kind of disconnected and that's 
this is in my own head, was that this is such a funny movie, and then we have the kind of not as funny John C. Riley. And I'm kind of like, oh. It's a pretty straight ahead role for him. Yeah. Which is great. It's just it's like, oh, of all the people who is going to not be, be all that funny in this movie, <laughs> we brought in John C. Riley. But again, he's got a lot of other really good roles too. So that aren't funny. And you kind of get a payoff at the end, right? When you they're asking about like, don't break any laws in the future. And then they just like keep pressing him about like, well, can I tear someone's spine out? And he's like, that's murder. Like, that's like, <laughs> one of the worst laws to break. You know? <laughs> worst things you can do yeah (laughs) also illegal yeah like so at least we get some something you know from him at the at the end there (laughs) but yeah adam i guess i i didn't even think about all like the cameos and stuff that you get out of the movie as well i don't even know if it's cameos or just james gunn giving roles to friends and people he wants yeah but like rob zombie has a voiceover role and stuff and nathan fillion's in it too is that uh that alien the big guy gets his nose picked. Yep. But yeah, I have to say, I the first time around, I was kind of just enjoying like Rocket and Groot and Gamora and just like the main characters so much. And I think this time around, I was really, I really liked Michael Rooker. <laughs> I think he was by far my favorite presence in the entire movie, which is exciting because I remember that he's going to be in the second one too. So I agree with you there, Tony. Yeah. Well, and also I like his like his power too with the that killing arrow. And like like whistling, and just like that one moment when you know he he hits the surface and I'm surrounded. That's a pretty badass scene where he just takes care of like an entire group of Sakharans and just like like deals with them and just moves on. Like it was it wasn't that big, you know. Like it wasn't that difficult for him because to that point he's just been threatening people with that. He hadn't actually killed anyone, so you're like, oh yeah, okay. We felt threatened before, and we were right. Yeah, to. right. Yeah, exactly. Like you like, and then you. Re- realize why the people are so fearful of him and like and follow him because if he just has this thing that can kill one person you're like okay well why doesn't everyone just take care of him and it's like no you can't like he (laughs) he's he's way powerful opaf (laughs) 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 how about the music it helps that they're he picks good songs right and it's not like a random mix of songs like there's purpose to the like why he picks each song so that it not only ties into like who peter is as a person but also like just setting the scene at particular times right helps with that i also think that this is why a lot of people like the film though as well like i i know a lot of people who say like they went out and got like the soundtrack to this or listen to like the Pandora of guardians. Uh, and there, w- there was a day in which the soundtrack was free to download on Google play. So that's why I have it. <laughs> right. You know, so like, but I do think that that's, that's why it's also like super popular too. Um, because you know, nostalgia is a, is a real thing. Right. And so like people in the eighties, you know, uh, that were around and living, <laughs> like they, <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, I I know a number of people that that really like it. Like my dad, for instance, who doesn't like these kind of movies. He's like, I really like the the movie. And I'm pretty sure a lot of it has to do with some of the soundtrack as well. I think for me, the comparison is between this and then the DC movie Suicide Squad that came out after this, Mm -hmm. which also tends to use older rock songs and stuff like that on its soundtrack. But 
a lot of times Suicide Squad just feels like it's doing it because Guardians of the Galaxy did it. Uh, like it's not clear there's any real it's not authentic there's no deep thought as to why songs are being played at any given time like if it's not (laughs) carefully plotted out as to why this should be done i enjoy suicide squad but there's no deep thought is really just a pretty good summary of that movie (laughs) (laughs) just all around maybe i should go see that i just (laughs) but i know that like james gunn like put careful thought into what songs to choose and where to put them and stuff like that. For both movies, he really wanted to get the Hall and Out song, um, She's Gone, in there, and he couldn't figure out where to put it in either movie, so he elected not to use it, rather than just trying to shoehorn it in. I don't think there have been many Marvel movies or any that I can really think of that have used, relied so heavily on pop soundtracks. It's a lot of symphonic stuff or original scores. Yeah, it comes up a little bit in captain marvel i think but even that's really more just trying to set the 90s vibe right it's not it's not as thought out as this i think were there any scenes that stuck out to anybody that uh scenes that we haven't talked about yet so i i really enjoy like comedies and things like that and like physical humor and when um chris pratt drops like the orb I, re- I really like that scene because <laughs> it's like so serious. And then he's just like, here, boom. <laughs> and I heard that that was not scripted. Like he actually dropped it on accident and they just kept it in there. So I, I think I'd like that. I think I'm going to go with uh, the the scene in the Zandarian city near the beginning of the movie where they introduce Rocket and Groot. And everyone's all just fighting each other. It had a, a hint of slapstick and a lot of action, like heist style action. And I thought it was just really well done. And I also, I very much enjoy that it ends with just, oh, the cops are here. <laughs> yeah, I I really noticed that scene as well. Like, it's really well done. And you learn, you learn a lot about the characters through that, you know, that whole fight scene. Like, yeah. they're actually good opponents. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes in some movies, like when you have a scene like that with a lot of like kind of hand to hand combat action, things happen pretty fast. Like, actually, sometimes I have trouble like following those scenes or like there's shots that are too fast or it almost feels like the cinematography is like purposefully like creating action where there is none. But in this case, I feel like it just it was like a really like easy to follow fast moving scene with like good hand to hand combat slash some physical comedy that's that i think that was the scene where i was like oh this is this is gonna be a good movie uh i really like the scene on nowhere where drax and uh uh rocket get drunk i'd forgotten about that (laughs) that scene and i kind of like the part (laughs) where like rocket actually breaks down a little bit and gets angry with everybody and you you learn a little tiny bit about him things are actually getting to him. Like these people are insulting each other constantly. And you know, some of it's actually getting through and bothering him quite a bit.
well put. I uh, I forgot about Otto. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be my new single. Forgot about Otto. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, any scene with uh, Gamora, Dave Batista. Oh, that's um, true. Drax. His character is comedy gold to me. Like I was on board for all of that. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just so funny. Yeah. Any scene that features him. I remember. I remember when I watched it the first time. He was like one of the bigger takeaways for me. Like I was just like, I love this character. I think he's hilarious. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, this time around, I actually noticed him doing some wrestling moves. Previous viewings, it just never really clicked with me that, oh, this guy's a wrestler. It was just like, oh, it's just some uh, some hand-to-hand combat stuff. Yeah, he's a big dude. They did like um, like a bunch of actors did a, a remake of uh, The Princess Bride, and he plays um, the giant. Uh, in like their little remake or one of the people who plays the giant and it's like basically the same character as uh as drax <laughs> so if you want if you want some some uh, some more paul <laughs> just uh just look that up <laughs> i think it's on quibi oh, oh so okay. never mind Let me oh. that real quick <laughs> hmm. Ooh, you're gonna be or- number seven <laughs> <laughs> Quibby, we'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam. Uh, I think I have three because that's how good a movie this is. So, I really like the moment when they're deciding to, you know, band together and help um, stop Ronan. And Rocket ends up by like, now I'm standing. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. <laughs> the, the oh, captain, my captain scene. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think the opening is probably one of just the best openings of a movie I've seen in a you know in a long time because it starts out with that first like five minute like very you know like serious stuff with his mom. And then it switches into him like older and he starts jamming out to come and get your love and like grabbing weird creatures to use as microphones and stuff. It just sets the tone so well, especially with just like the huge like Guardians of the Galaxy title. Just like, boom. Yeah, that hit me this time, too. I got excited. Yeah. But I feel I feel like I was a little more emotional this time watching like that, that beginning. It, it just hit me different. And then speaking of emotional, um, that part where uh, Groot like envelops them, like protect them when the ship's crashing so that they won't like die. But he's going to sacrifice himself to do it. And uh, and Rocket's like, you're you're going to die. And he says, we are Groot. Like, I choked up. I was yeah, like, oh, this is this is really affecting. I, I really care about this CG tree, you know, on some level. Right? Like, <laughs> it's how good a job they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a character that only says three words or four yeah. words. <laughs> those are, those are just some of the moments that I really like. And then more generally, just something to mention. I've noticed watching lots of particularly like television shows, actionly style, like television shows, they'll do this thing. And once I tell you this, you're never going to not see it, but so sorry in advance. Wait, should I maybe not listen to you? <laughs> so just, just wait, wait, put it on mute. How would that cha- how would that change anything? <laughs> <laughs> they do this thing where when they want to have character development, they'll have some small scene where they discuss some situation or other 
And when that conversation reaches like the end or the temporary end of that point, then immediately like the action part will start up like, oh, we've got a result on the tracker or well, we just got a call in for the the unsub or whatever, right? It always bothers me now that I've noticed this, how the conversations always seem to reach that sort of natural endpoint, and then immediately without fail, like the action part just happens. And one of the things I like about this movie is that characters don't get to finish those kinds of speeches before something changes and happens. Yeah, that does happen a few times, doesn't it? Well, the big one where Groot just goes and does the thing that Rocket says that he should do later. And gets the battery in the in the prison. Well, that's just good comedic, like, cashing <laughs> right. in right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or we but, <laughs> but, like, the moment where, like, Nebula confronts them on the ship, and she starts talking, and then in the middle of it, Drax just shoots her. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, on a lesser movie or, like, the television show equivalent, they would have let her get through her speech and then shot her. Not just shot her halfway through it. What happens to Nebula in this? She just... She, she flies um, off. Yeah. yeah she, okay, that's what it is. Okay. She jumped out of the ship and then landed on another ship. And then flew that ship off. Yeah, I guess I just didn't realize. Like, I didn't even think about it until now. Like, uh, like, what? Ha- wh- wh- where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> Are you in my house right now? Yeah, I was just so uh, so caught up in Ronan and his his craziness, which I think is I- important, right? I mean, he did have the the Power Stone after all. Only on Dreamcast. Thanks, yeah, it's Paul. The, you probably have to pay a decent <laughs> amount for a copy now. <laughs> Hey, is it is it okay to come back now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great point, Adam. Uh, really All good right. stuff. I'm surprised Doug didn't want to listen. Okay. So we can go on to ratings then. I know, Tony, you were trying to do that yeah. earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry we delayed you. <laughs> we delayed you by two hours. Get everyone to tip their hand real early, like. <laughs> well, good, good. The good thing is, is that we already have that um, recorded. So just clip that <laughs> to here. Uh, and uh, Paul, why don't you go ahead Point and just start rating? Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it, Paul. So, what did everyone think of Guardians of the Galaxy? Would you um... help Ronan commit genocide? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or help form the, a help shield the no- of, of many ships with the Nova Corps. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> we're so close, Paul. Yeah. Uh, how many? <laughs> how many alien microphones would you? <laughs> uh, would you rate? I thought you were, were going to go with the whistling arrows. Oh yeah, <laughs> I even I even wrote it down too. <laughs> <laughs> It can be um, arranged like vertically, you know. You can. How many yeah. Howard the Duck cameos? Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that again, but <laughs> we did. We talked about it, just I not thought. on the podcast. Oh, it's okay. Doug <laughs> recorded it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Doug recorded it. The only thing I wanted to say about it is that in the previous episode we recorded, I successfully predicted that it was just a troll. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually uh, an introduction to a character. Again? What does what do he? He shows up again. When? Yeah. Wait, who's a troll? Howard the Duck. Oh, should we do a, a better? He's in Guardians too. Yeah, he is. I haven't seen it. <laughs> 
what what are we rating it with? I'm not sure. We arrows, genocidal maniacs, how, power stones, copies, copies of the game stone. Power Stone for Dreamcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, yes. How many copies of Power Stone, the game on Dreamcast, would you rate this film, Doug? I would rate this film ten copies of Power Stone oh, for Dreamcast. Wow. Nice. So, Doug, why would you rate it 10 Power Stone copies? Because it's a really good movie. Really entertaining. I've seen it multiple times, and I'm still, like, I never get bored or tired of it. Just seeing more more little humorous bits each time as well. And it's it's fun for the whole family, too. That may actually be true for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah, need... That's the first unironic use of... Yeah. <laughs> Fun for the whole family that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, thanks <laughs> to the soundtrack. Even the uh, the more mature generations can get in on the enjoyment. At the very least, that's the first time Fun for the Whole Family was used on this podcast in an unironic way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How about Paul? Why are you calling the shots? Isn't it Paul's podcast? He's keeping us online, Adam. All right, all right, all right, all right. We've delegated. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's Paul's podcast needs we need to start earlier. Is <laughs> so is Charlie the intern on your pod, on your podcast then? He's we've just delegated the power. It's it's yeah. fine. Let's say I think you misunderstood, Adam. I was prompting Paul to prompt someone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Um, Paul, what did you think about the movie? <laughs> um, great question, Paul. Um, <laughs> So I thought this movie was fantastic. Uh, after watching so many Marvel movies over the years now, I feel like this almost fe- this almost feels like a culmination to me of like my favorite aspects of previous installments. It has just the right balance of humor, action. Um, it can defy your expectations at the right moment, and it has a fantastic cast with good chemistry. So I think I'm going to go with uh, 10 magic arrows or whatever arrows. What are they called? Power well, stone we're doing, copies. We're doing oh, power, power oh sorry. Copies. Sorry. Power stone copies. <laughs> copies I'm going to go with 10 stone. power stone copies out of 10. This is, it had to happen sometime, and I it's this one. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's whoa. wild. You just... We're just skipping over 9.5 for the Paul scale. Just making the whole scale shift upward. This was just, it was too significant to only bump be a half better than the one below. Oh my, no, it's, it's okay. It's just, my mind is blown. My own mind. Is it power blown? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I got so power blown last night. (laughs) That sounds like. (laughs) I played Power Stone all night, dude. Dude, I, I got power, power blown playing Power Stone. And you know what? That is fun for the whole family. <laughs> Time to get Power Stoned. Right. Oh. <laughs> well, that's something different, Paul. <laughs> uh, yep, 10 copies of uh, Power Stone on Dreamcast. Charlie, what did you think? I'm glad that I went back and listened to the podcast we recorded about this before because 
that reminded me too of just how much I enjoyed it the first time around and how much everybody seemed to be excited about it. A, a movie with all these new characters that we didn't know that. Just to interject, it is the highest grossing Marvel movie of 2014. Nice. Yeah. And the third highest grossing overall after whatever Transformers came out that year and Hobbit 3, Hobbit with a Vengeance. Oh, The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, just I remember Adam saying in that episode, too, that it was a movie that he couldn't believe that they were going to make, that like it was a movie for him. And mm-hmm. while I didn't have the background of the characters like he did, it did kind of feel like, oh, these are these are really interesting characters that I, I didn't expect to see in a Marvel movie, self-described losers, and was kind of fun to see them and relate to them. And the action was great. The music was good. There's not a lot I can find fault with. I leaving a little bit of room on the top still because I at least know one movie that I is coming up that I think deserves a ten. So I'm gonna go with nine point five copies of Howard. What Stones. they can't they can't both be ten? Not if I think the other one is sufficiently better than this one. I gotta leave I gotta leave it. I gotta leave the room. We can go back and rewrite everything at the end. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do that anyway. I can't wait to to normalize all the scores. Just huh, turns wait. out they're all fives. <laughs> hey, wait! Does that mean we have to watch them all again and re-rate them? Yeah, but we set aside two weeks. We watch them all straight through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take time off of work. Uh... No showers. Now there's, that I've seen uh, there's no work in the post-pandemic time. To... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I struggle to come up with something that I, some huge fault I find in this movie. It's just, but yeah, I'm leaving that room. Other, I gotta leave that. Other room. than the shield. Other, other yeah, that's, other that's than it. the shield. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the missing point five. That's the point five. That's the point five. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll allow it. Yep. Yeah, actually, that's pre- being pretty generous. Only taking off half a point for the shield. I mean, we're consider you know how big shield it is. Are you trying to talk his score down, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's an eight. Are you sure it shouldn't <laughs> be like a seven five? It was more it's of a, a net, league, though. So, yep. yeah. He did threaten to give it a zero earlier on in the podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> 9.5 is pretty good. So, so putting a difference at 4.75 seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put an asterisk by the uh, rating. <laughs> <laughs> I uh it's probably my favorite movie of all time actually. Um I I really enjoy it. I like I said earlier, I love the character development through it. Um the dialogue is just like super funny, um but it can come back and be, you know, serious and still have the payoffs. And I just think that the chemistry of the actors is just really good and uh I'm giving this uh 10 Copies of Power Stone on oh. Dreamcast. What? Uh, I'm just, I'm so impressed. Why? Because you once said that you don't give out 10s. So the fact that you're now giving out a yeah. 10 means this is one hell of a movie. Yeah, I I thought about that. Yeah, I, I don't give out 10s. I think this is, I, I think this is worthy of a 10. I, I, I really do. And I, I think Doug said it too, you know, I've watched this, you know, several times and I'm not bored and it's layered. So you find something that's new every single time. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I could, I could honestly watch it again right now, uh, in its entirety and enjoy myself. Yeah. It's a 10. Nice. Adam. 
you missed someone. Oh, Otto, uh, what do you? What would you rate this movie? thought the I same thing so disney so another 10 wow <laughs> so uh, i was waiting for beep, 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 beep. oh like 10 <laughs> just beep the number of <laughs> copies of power stone <laughs> oh <laughs> 11 yeah come on you can do one more auto <laughs> No. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> so I like to think when I told my doctor that I listened to ASMR, it's this like Otto just talking. <laughs> That's what she thinks it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I really disagree with anyone. Um, yeah. I know what Otto said made a lot of sense to me. So I don't want to recap too much of what he was saying. But yeah, this is also one of my favorite movies. To the point where I own every Lego set that's Guardians of the Galaxy so far. I own one MCU t-shirt, and it's a Guardians of the Galaxy t-shirt. I bought this on Blu-ray the day it came out. I've listened to the commentary. Yeah, it's just, it's a really fun movie. It hits like just the perfect balance of action and drama and comedy and romance and just all that. It's, it's so good. Uh, I'm going to give it 10 whistling arrows that fly through 10 copies of Power Stone, just right through the, the hole in each disc. So, yeah, that's a that's a 10 out of 10 for me. Wow, geez, I'm glad that Otto gave it an 11, and therefore it averages out to higher than a 10. I was afraid that I was going to be the one who ruined the perfect rating, but... <laughs> this is why I was trying to get you to, to bid Drop you down it. a little bit. <laughs> We kind of get, get blew your, through uh, the top of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to get you thinking about the shields so that you might bring balance to the scores. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes another uh, edition of the Merry Marvel Movie March. For our next installment, we'll be moving all the way up to November 2014 with Big Hero Six, um, and that will conclude. The year of 2014, our busiest Marvel movie year yet. Um, so, hope you enjoyed it and uh, tune in for that one as well. For another edition of the Gubaski Wallace Report, I'm Paul Wilcox. And I'm Tony Huff. And uh, special thanks to our very Power Stone guests. <laughs> <laughs> to, to our Power Stone guests. <laughs> Uh, Charlie Wallace. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, Doug Gubeski. Pleasure, as always. Adam Gubeski. I had a lot of fun. And Otto. Ah!
Thanks, Otto. That means a lot to me. <laughs> that was your welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was that is right, Tony. <laughs> All right, I I'm here, Otto. Otto's, Otto's going to try and sing us out. So. Oh. <laughs> that's our show don't forget you can check us out on facebook just like the gobeski wallace report and you can also follow us on twitter at gw report and check out our website the gobeski that's probably the important bit well yeah i guess all the other links are there so <laughs> if you remember one thing remember that not your name but GobeskyWallaceReport.com <laughs> More important than your name. He doesn't really know how the whistling part goes, but that was his best effort. <laughs> I really hope that we... Uh... I'm surprised Brienne yeah. hasn't murdered you yet. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> No, I think we've got she, a new uh, outro. She particularly did not like it. She particularly did not like it when um, we turned out the lights and then Otto started speaking. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so he's like, I'm trying to go to bed here. Meme Lord? <laughs> oh, yeah, the worst of all. <laughs> I would have thought that would have been good, Paul, being a Meme Lord. No, no. Meme Lord, not Meme Ward. I said Lord. Oh, I heard Meme Ward, like you're a ward of the meme. No. Well, the Meme Lord rules over the Meme Wards. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that an Edge Lord rules over people who are into edging? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I report you know, directly like... to my Edge Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I don't agree. I have to ask permission of my edgelord every time. <laughs> I think we stumbled into something that actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, my edgelord comes around to, to collect. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>